Chapter 16 of Mother's Nursery Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by George Ann Fennell, Sun City West, Arizona. Mother's Nursery Tales by Catherine Pyle. A Pack of Ragamuffins. My dear, said the cock to the hen one day, what do you say to our taking a walk over to Mulberry Hill? The mulberries must be ripe by now, and we can have a fine feast. That would suit me exactly, answered the hen. I am very fond of ripe fruit, and it is a long time since I have tasted any. So the cock and the hen set off together. The way was long, and the day was hot, and before the two had reached the top of the hill, they were both of them tired and out of breath. The mulberries lay thick on the ground, and the cock and the hen ran about hither and yon, pecking and eating, pecking and eating, until they could eat no more, and the sun was near setting. "'Oh! Oh!' groaned the hen. "'How weary I am! How in the world are we to get home again? My legs are so tired, I could not go another step if my life depended on it.' my dear said the cock i too am weary but i see here a number of fallen twigs if i could but weave them into a coach we might ride home in comfort oh that is a clever thought sighed the hen make it by all means there is nothing i like better than riding in a coach the cock at once set to work and by weaving sticks and grasses together he made a little coach with body wheels and shafts all complete the hen was delighted she at once hopped into the coach and seated herself now my dear cockalorum she cried nothing more is needed but for you to get between the shafts and step out briskly and we will be at home in less than no time what are you talking about asked the cock sharply I have no idea of pulling the coach myself. My legs ache as well as yours, and if you wait for me to pull you home, you may sit there till doomsday. But how then are we to get home? asked the hen, beginning to weep. I do not know, answered the cock, but what I do know is that I am not going to pull you. But you must pull me wept the hen. But I won't pull you, stormed the cock. So they scolded and disputed, and there's no knowing how it would have ended, but suddenly a duck appeared from behind the bushes. When the duck saw the hen and the cock, it ruffled up its feathers and waddled toward them, quacking fiercely. What is this? What is this? cried the duck. Do you not know that this hill belongs to me? Be off at once, or I will give you a sound beating. It flew at the cock with outspread wings. The cock, however, was a brave little fellow. Instead of running away, he met the duck valiantly, and seizing it, he pulled out a beak full of feathers. The hen shrieked, but the cock continued to punish the duck until it cried for mercy. Very well, said the cock, settling his feathers. I will let you go this time, but only if you will promise to draw our coach to the nearest inn where we can spend the night. 
The duck was afraid to refuse the cock's demand. He put himself between the shafts. The cock mounted the coach and cracked his whip, and away they all went as fast as the duck could waddle. The coach rocked and bumped over the stones, and suddenly the duck gave a jump that almost upset it. Ouch! Ouch! it cried. Something stuck me. I do well to stick you, replied a small, sharp voice. I may teach you to look where you are going and not step on honest travelers who are smaller than you. The voice was that of a needle, who, with a pin for a comrade, was journeying along the same road. The cock looked out from the coach. I am sorry, said he, that my duck should be so careless. Will you not get in and ride with us? This the pin and the needle were glad to do. The hen was somewhat nervous at first, lest one of them might tread on her foot. But they were so polite and so careful not to crowd her that she soon lost her fear of them. Just before nightfall, the coach reached the door of an inn. Here the duck stopped, and the cock called loudly for the landlord. The man came running, but when he saw the strange guests that sat in the coach, he almost shut the door on them. We want no ragamuffins here, he cried. Wait a bit, cried the cock. Just see this fine white egg that the hen has laid. And every morning the duck lays an egg also. Both of these shall be yours if you will take us in for the night. Well, the landlord was willing to agree to that bargain. He bade the companions enter and make themselves comfortable. This they did, eating and drinking to their heart's content. Then the cock and the hen made themselves comfortable in the best bed, and the others tucked themselves away as best they could. As soon as they were all asleep, the landlord said to his wife, Listen, this is a fine bargain that I have made. Roast duck is very good, and so is chicken pie, and to-morrow our travelers shall furnish us with both of them. As for the needle and pin, you can put them away in your work-basket, and they will always be useful. After saying this, the landlord and his wife also went to sleep, for the landlord intended to be up early in the morning before his guests had awakened. The cock, however, was not one to let anyone catch him sleeping. While it was still dark the next morning, he awakened the hen. Come, he said, we'd best be up and away. This landlord of ours seems to me a sly and greedy man. He might take a notion to have roast chicken for dinner today, so we had better be gone before he is stirring. To this the hen agreed, but she and the cock were both hungry. So before starting, they shared the egg between them. The shells they threw in among the ashes on the hearth. Then they took the needle and stuck it in the back of the landlord's chair. The pin they put in the towel that hung behind the door. And this done, they took to their wings and away they flew. The sound of their going awoke the duck. It opened its eyes and looked after them. Well, well, so they are off. I think I'd better be moving myself. And so saying, it waddled down to the river and swam back to the place whence it had come. 
It was not long after this the landlord himself awoke. I'll just slip down and see to our travelers before breakfast, said he. Do, answered his wife. First, however, the landlord stopped to wash in the kitchen. He picked up the towel to dry his face, and the pin that was in it scratched him from ear to ear. He went to the hearth to light his pipe, and the eggshells flew up in his face. He sat down in his chair for a moment, but scarcely had he leaned back when he jumped up with a cry. The needle had run into him. It's all the fault of those ragamuffins, cried the landlord in a rage, and he caught up a knife and ran to find them. But, search as he might, there was not a sign of them anywhere, for they were already safely at home. So all the landlord had for his trouble, after all, was his pains. End of chapter 16